Hello and welcome to another Substance on Substance. Um, I'm Phil Graham, Head of the Economic Substance Analysis for Harneys in the BVI, and I'm joined uh, once again by Josh Mongeau. Hi, everybody. Uh, a pleasure to have him back after his uh, mountainous adventures. Um, a couple of things to touch on uh, this week. It'll be a relatively short podcast because we're, we're very hopeful that next week's will be um, pretty inclusive. Um, the, the first thing to say is obviously to talk about the publication of the uh, final version of the code, or as we now understand, uh, it, will, it will be in a rules format. Um, we, we had a proclamation from the ITA, as you know, that this would be released on the 30th of September. Uh, so we're all very excited to unwrap that present next Monday um, and see what's in there. Um, we, we, we certainly have been given a lot of assurances that there are not going to be any sort of fundamental changes away from the uh, version that was published back in April. So it is likely to be a few tweaks here and there. And the idea is that next week on the podcast, uh, Josh and I will, will run through those um, and add some clarity around uh, what may or may not have changed. But in the meantime, hold fire for now. Um, we, are, we are still talking to clients about some sort of classifying. But as we get to sort of this stage of the process and we get this close to September 30, then it is probably worth now sort of waiting. Let's, let's see what's in place next Monday and, and going from there. In the meantime, um, what I wanted to touch on today as well really was IP. It's an area that we have danced around a little bit on these podcasts. Um, it's, it's undoubtedly the outlier in the, in the, in the nine relevant activities. Um, but I really wanted to sort of do a high-level review with Josh um, just of what, what people should be considering if they have some form of IP um, within their BVI vehicle. Um, Josh, without, without sort of further, further ado, over to you really. I mean, firstly, in relation to what IP is, um, do we have sort of clarity on what people should be looking for? Thanks, Phil. It's a good question. The focus of the EU and the OECD has been on IP in a very broad sense. Um, there are various papers about the BEPS initiative which discuss concepts of intellectual property in terms of domestic law, we have the definition of um, intellectual property assets in the primary legislation, which talks about IP rights and intangible assets. And, and then it gives a non-exclusive list of the, the, the classic types that we, we think about. So copyright, patents, trademarks, brands, and technical know-how. That is, that is a, a definition that should be familiar to most common law lawyers, and it's the one which has been implemented in the BVI domestic legislation. An interesting point to note with that definition is that it has to be uh, intellectual property rights, as I've just described, from which identifiable income accrues to the business, um, which is which is separately identifiable from any tangible asset in which the, the rights subsist, if, if there is a tangible asset involved. That might sound like gobbledygook to listeners. Um, I think what it's actually meant to say is that effectively... This is aimed at intellectual property, which has been artificially separated out and parked in a, in a BVI vehicle offshore, often as part of uh, tax planning. Um, that's really what BEPS is aimed at. Um, this is not aimed at IP, which is held protectively, or which is you know IP, which is just part of a separate business. Um, for example, a widget manufacturer who sells widgets and has protective IP for the for the machines involved or or copyright in the product sells the widgets and doesn't ever realise any identifiable income from the IP as such is not going to be caught by this definition. 
that's spelled out by the draft guidance we've seen, and it's an important distinction for advisors to note. I think I think that's I think that's a really good point to to, to bring out, um, and 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 very important to to note. Um, I mean, just generally, Josh, when if if, if someone um, thinks they may or may not have some form of of, of IP. Um, because whilst you've got the sort of the classic traditional list in there, it, 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 it's non-exhaustive. Um, it is feasible that there are other types um, within, with, within that definition. Um, and so I'm sort of interested to know from, from you um, what people should be doing if they, if they think they have something that might be IP, um, what, what, what should be the next steps that they take? Thanks. Well, the, the answer for IP is it's a special category which is very much in the focus of the EU and the the fines and penalties around IP and specifically high risk IP legal entities as they're defined um, are much increased. They range up to $400,000. So the short answer is if you think you might have any sort of IP um, that's caught by that definition, speak to a lawyer um, because it is quite a technical area and as Phil says that's, that's a non-exhaustive list that we've just discussed. Um, and it, it can get quite complicated and, that's, and sometimes quite difficult to, to establish whether or not you have an IP asset. Um, equally, income for these purposes is very broadly defined. It picks up almost any type of um, re- revenue that one could imagine in, in, respect of, in respect of the IP, noting that there must be revenue that's received by the, by the BBI entity in respect of that IP. Um, in practical terms, we think that means looking at the accounts to figure out you know, whether, the, whether the IP is actually generating kind of separately identifiable income on the, on the profit and loss. Um, but if, if you're not sure, if, if you're concerned that you might have an IP business, then, then do speak to a lawyer because the consequence of getting it wrong can be quite severe. There are also some fairly complicated um, presumptions of non-compliance which can apply in, in certain cases, which, as I've said, can, can lead to some, some increased fines and penalties if you're on the wrong side of them. So speak to a lawyer if you're not sure. Fantastic. Thank you very much indeed, Josh, and uh, very excited to see what we have on our plates next week. Indeed. Thanks, everybody.